Welcome to Vibrant Faith. We all need vibrant faith, not a perfect faith. The only perfection we can achieve is our simple desire to know and love God. Today we are going to reflect on Genesis chapter 9. God blesses Noah, bless him with food. But then one thing he's not supposed to do is murder. Do not destroy another human being. God's covenant and the sign of God is seen in the rainbow. And then of course there is a story of Noah being naked and his son seeing it. And so all of that story is in this chapter 9. Uh, but for our reflection, I want to go somewhere else. I want to choose one verse that says, I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. A token between me and the earth. This covenantal statement is not simply about the rainbow. This is talking of God's covenant with man to give life. This is God's covenant with humanity to give life, to keep life, and to hold us responsible for the lives that we share. This verse contains the sentence that the entire story of Genesis chapter 9, that is where it is resting on. God is not asking us to do what God doesn't do himself. He promises not to take the life again. Never again is the key word in the whole chapter. Never again is what we find. Never again will I destroy. Never again will I take away the past, the present, the future of humanity. Never again I will take life. I will make everyone accountable for the life of the other. That's the key word. I will make everyone, anyone who takes the life of the other, I will make you responsible. We live in a divided world. There is no doubt about it. In my opinion, that comes from the misguided idea of freedom to live for self and not always honoring the life of other people. True freedom in the end is about giving, respecting, honoring and preserving the life of others. When we speak of life, there is only one choice left to humanity and that is to simply believe in one thing. Whoever sheds the blood of a human, by a human shall that person's blood be shed, for in his own image and God made humankind. God made us in his own image. Therefore, we shall not shed the blood of another. I sometimes ask myself, am I a literalist or am I a metaphorialist? Am I just metaphorically looking at things or am I truly believing in the literal words of the scripture? Now, do I have a right to take the life of another person in this world at any time in my life, regardless of the situation or the circumstances? I have to always go back to these words in the New International Version of the Bible where it says, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal too. I will demand an accounting for the life 
of another human being. God will demand an accounting for the life of another human being, which we find from the day of creation in the story of Cain and Abel. All through history of the scripture, that's what we find. I'm not afraid of God. I've never been afraid of God and never will be. But hearing that, I can feel that in my bones, the seriousness of human life. If there is any sentence where God will hold me responsible and accountable to, it is about the life of another. That's what I hear loud and clear. If I agree with someone or disagree with another, if I approve or disapprove of another, if I hate or dislike another, no matter what the extent of that hard feeling is, I'm left with no option except to advance the cause of life. And that's what this chapter is all about, advancing the cause of life. Mother Teresa, one of my favorite saints says, if we have no peace in this world, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. It is not about believing in each other. It's about understanding belonging. It is not about believing in the goodness of the other or believing in people and their gifts, but it is about knowing in our hearts that we belong to each other. I want to call this word belong as both imperative and operative word in spirituality. To belong has to become vitally important in mind and functional in our hearts. So in the end, did Noah and his sons and family and the rest of the world around them have a real choice? I believe they did not. Did they live accordingly? I believe they did not. So we all have a potential to be like Noah and his sons, either listen and not live the life. But we are also told never to forget that God will hold us accountable when it comes to the destruction of life. I'm sure someone is going to ask me the question, then how about the criminals, the unborn in the womb, and the murderers, and the child abusers, and those who commit, mis uh, commit things that are destructive of one another? To all, I only have one thing to say. I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being, says the Lord. I will ask for an accounting. I guess in that sense, I'm a literalist in this context. As much as I hate to admit that I am, this is one time I'm happy to accept that I am. I truly believe God will demand an accounting for the life of another human being, for the life of another human being. I usually do not speak for God, but this is one time I know it could be very true because if it is not true, the entire creation of humankind in God's image and likeness would be a meaningless statement. So God's solution, human life is so precious. We struggle to understand and let our actions reflect it. We are given a direction that does not need an interpretation, but a simple adherence to the man on the death row, the ill and the infirmed, the hungry and the poor and the displaced, the child in the womb from day one to the day last share the same DNA. We share in the same DNA with God. Therefore, the solution is to simply believe that we truly are made in the image and likeness of God and act accordingly. 
we are made in the image and likeness of God and God will hold us accountable 